Some of you may not know, but um, our prayer team and a group of people in the church have been praying every night um, for a couple of weeks now. And uh, g- give me a wave if you're part of that. Can you give me a wave if you're part of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so the way they came about was um, we just had some really serious prayer needs in our church. Uh, some of them weren't people directly in our church. Some, one was the daughter of a couple in our church. And I don't know, it, we just, it just hit the point where you go, no, this is no good. We have to get in and pray. And so we initially started just praying for one night. <laughs> and it was really good. And then people were ringing me up saying, can we keep this going? You know, can we keep this going? And uh, so we've been praying for about two weeks now. And uh, you're all welcome to join us. This isn't an exclusive club. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the emails have been going out to our prayer team. And if you want to be part of the prayer team, all you have to do is see Kerry. And Kerry will um, put your name and contact down on the prayer team. But even if you're not wanting to be part of the prayer team as such, if you just want to join us. And I think what we've found, and I think I'm speaking for the group a bit here, Kerry, that as we've been going to God these last fortnight, it's almost like a waiting before the Lord. It's, it's almost become like a tarrying meeting, yeah. you know, where in this void, you know, and particularly when church is shut down and you can't have church, it's almost become like this tarrying meeting where we're getting before God in the evening, going, well, God, we don't really know what you're doing. It's, it's kind of this funny zone, but Lord, we're just here to wait upon you. We're here to push in. And of course, we're not just waiting on him, we're pushing in and saying, well, Lord, these ones have real needs. You are the God who has the real answers. And so we're looking unto you. And, and I love that scripture. I love that scripture um, that talks about they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And that picture of waiting upon the Lord, it's, it's like a vine growing up a trellis, just, 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 just entwining itself around the trellis. And there's something that happens in these times as we wait upon him that our life comes entwined with his. Yeah? And, and so I actually think that that's really what God's doing. You know, some weeks we can't even meet together as church like this. But for those who can hear his voice, he's drawing us aside. And part of that is he's, 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 he's inviting us to come back to our first love with him. Yeah? Do, do you remember your first love with him? Do you remember? <laughs> now, now, I actually believe that even if you've grown up in a Christian home, you still have that moment of first love. You still have that point, and you've probably got a number, where that revelation comes in your heart and you go, oh, wow, this is Jesus. Isn't he wonderful? And uh, so, so, so as, as I was, well, let, before we go there, before we go there, just talking about prayer, let, let's, pray for these, let's pray for these prayer needs right now. There's two I'd really like to pray for today. Um, one is Tracy, and you probably know Tracy's story. Tracy's in the late stages of a battle with cancer. She needs a miracle from God. You know, um, the doctors are great. The doctors are wonderful. But she's past the point of that. She needs a miracle from God. That's, that's her only answer. Um, and the other one I'm going to pray for is Stephen Margot Biggs. So yeah. St- Stephen Margot, um, um, I believe they have their son's wedding coming up. And so as of tomorrow or the next day, they're starting the journey from Liberia. Yeah. yeah. And they, they need all the ducks to line up in a row to get here for their son's wedding. And uh, I was looking at the text this morning, I think, that came through Kerry, yeah, where they're saying there's so many false, false positives and things in our nation. The last thing we need is a false positive so we can't get in the plane. So you get the picture. So let's pray as a church. Let's just gather together and pray now for these two. Father, we start with Steve and Margot. We love them. Lord, we just love what they're doing. 
Lord, they're serving you. They're serving the people of Liberia. Lord, they, they have stepped right out of their comfort zone to go and live with the people, to use their professional skills to minister in that nation. And so, Father, we ask that you honour them. We ask, Heavenly Father, that not only will you make a way for them to come back to Australia for their son's wedding in plenty of time, so there's no delays, no hold-up, no missing the wedding. But, Father, we ask that for this couple, that you'll roll out the red carpet. Lord, they're deserving of your blessing. So, Father, we ask your blessing in that. And, Father, we pray too for Tracy. Lord, she needs a miracle. And so, Father, you're a miracle-working God. So we're just here today to say our eyes are ever on you, O Lord, for only you. In these circumstances, only you can release our feet from the snare of the enemy, the work of the enemy, and these sicknesses. So, Father, we're looking unto you. Stretch forth your hand to touch and heal. Release this miracle, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Yeah, thank you for your prayer. And uh, I encourage you, you know, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Um, it's good for the prayer team because Kerry's wonderful. She sends out a text. So we hear our phones go ding and we go, right, it's time. Off we go. Uh, but you might have to set your alarm or something just so that uh, you've got that coming up. And it, it's been really wonderful. Like the first, the first meeting we had... Everyone's just praying in their home. But the presence of God was just deep. It was just deep like the, the hour went in a second, in a minute. And it was just wonderful. Then it got really tough because I think the enemy got stirred up and the battle was on. <laughs> and you thought, oh, these next little bits have been hard. But then it's come again. It's come again into another stage where it's just nice and it's good. And God's doing something. So we're in that season. And so talking about that season. So yesterday I was here praying now. The late, we cancelled the, the official prayer meeting because all the ladies were over at um, Warner for the ladies' conference. But I came and prayed anyway. And, you know, I'd, I'd been good. I'd been a good pastor. I had my message prepared for today. And uh, as I'm walking up and down here praying, I'm thinking, no, no, no. No, no, no. That message is no good. Not that the message wasn't good. But I'm thinking, no, no, no. What we need to do today is simply lift up and exalt the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah? And so Jess and Jonathan did just an awesome job this morning. Well done, guys. You know? And so this morning, we're just going to continue just in this message, just lifting up the name of Jesus, just exalting him. Because he is the only King of Kings. He is the only Lord of Lords. There isn't any other one. There is no other Savior. There is no other King. There is no other Creator of the universe. He and He alone is worthy of all glory. Unto Him belongs all praise. All worship is unto Him. Of this picture in eternity of these rolling hills and um, you know I can just see the, the hills covered with people all bowed in worship for him and the picture I've got is like you know when we come to worship him even if we've been there for an eternity you know you know as we bow to worship him going oh I've been so longing for this moment to worship him anyway so I'll stop the tears <laughs> I'll stop the tears so today 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 so we're not going to do the other message, which was an awesome message, but that's okay. We can do that another time, yeah? So we're just going to look at him, and particularly we're going to look at the blood of Jesus. We're going to look at the blood of Jesus. What's the blood of Jesus all about? It's, it's you know, his shedding of his blood. Now, if you're, if you're new here today, that might sound a bit, that might sound a little bit um, unusual. Why would anyone want to talk about the blood of Jesus? And, uh, but but it's, it's central to the message of the cross. And, and as we go through it, you'll, you'll start to understand... And I, 
I'm sorry, I don't know your church background and things. I don't know how much that makes sense. Um, and we don't normally talk about blood, do we? We don't normally talk about those sorts of things. And uh, I remember when I, I took my parents to the movie The Passion, you know, and uh, they're saying, why is it such a focus on the blood? And, and as a Christian, you go, well, because the shedding of his blood is everything we've got, you know? So it was all about that. That's, that's why there was such a focus on the blood. Uh, it's, it's a bit funny, really. We, um, we have a lemon tree at home. And uh, sorry, got lots of stories today. We had a lemon tree at home, and it's a mongrel thing. You know, it's, I don't know how many years it's been in the garden, 20 years, yeah. And, uh, and yes, in season it's produced great masses of lemon. And uh, one of the guys at work said, oh, my wife really likes a little bit of lemon in a lemon. Can you bring me in some? And so I brought him in a whole box overflowing of these lemons, you know. It just produced all these lemons. But it was this mongrel thing. It had these massive thorns and spikes. And it had just reached the end of its life and was getting a bit, you know, rotted and whatever. And we thought, right, you're coming out. And, of course, you know, then there's the fight. The fight's on to actually get this thing out, to get it dug out. And I won't go into all the details, but I ended up smashing the back windscreen of my car, trying to get this thing out of the ground or whatever. It wasn't coming out of the... And, and as, I'm, as I'm finally tying this thing down onto... Onto my trailer, yeah? I reached in to grab the rope and one of the big thorns got me right there. Excuse me. Yeah. And I thought, how could such a thorn prick bleed so much? And I'm sorry, just talking about the blood. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and so, you know, went inside and whatever. And, you know, the, the, my blood doesn't do anything. Can't help anyone, you know? Yeah. But the blood of Jesus is still full of all its power still full of all its wonder, still full of all its grace. And today we're going to spend some time looking at that. Now, um, so someone, someone, someone came to me um, the last few Sundays and they were saying to me, I really love the stories where you talk, about, you talk about your history. And they were talking about Helen, not me, you know, where Helen tells all these stories about how we met and all those things, all the romantic details of all those things, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so fitting in with this message, I actually had a story to tell along those lines. And it was really just for her. And so she's not here today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it packed away and, and bring it out on another day. And so, so, she, so, she, uh, so she doesn't miss out on that one. Because I actually feel a bit squirmy when those stories come out. I kind of sit there going, oh, my goodness, do we really need to talk about those details? There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay. Let's get into this then. So in a world that's just full of such terrible news today, the gospel just simply means good news. And the good news is that we have salvation through our Saviour. And as, 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 as um, uncomfortable as it is to look at the whole thing of the shedding of Jesus' blood, that was key to the whole thing. And so today we're going to look at that. And most of this won't be new to anyone. But today we're here to celebrate him. And so I'm happy for you to get as loud as you like. You know, as we go through these things, you can go, thank goodness, hallelujah, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel good. So the first thing, and we all know this, the first thing is that through the blood of Jesus comes forgiveness. So let's just read a couple of scriptures. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, 
according to the riches of his grace. 1 John. But if we walk in the light as he himself is light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And this final one, which I just love. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? We have forgiveness because Jesus was willing to shed his blood. And it's not just that we just have forgiveness, but we also have cleansing. We are made new. We are clean. There's that whole thing of pure, like the, 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 the freshly washed sheep, like the, the, um, the white as snow. And, and part of that is the cleansing of our conscience so we can feel clean and be clean. And so Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Just for a moment, and we won't dwell here too long. Think of your worst moment, yeah? Because God's seen you then. You know, think of your worst moment. Think of, think of the moment that you really hope the person beside you never finds out about, yeah? And, and it's, not, it's, it's not just me. Come on, everyone must have those moments, yeah? Yeah? If you don't have any of those moments, come and see me later, yeah? And I'll, I'll try and get some tips on how to live a life like that, yeah? We, we, we've all got those moments, haven't we? Yeah. But because the blood of Jesus was shed, they're gone, gone, gone. God's never going to get them out again. You know, he says, as far as the east is from the west, I've taken your sins from them. I've dropped them in the sea of forgetfulness. Yeah? And it's a twofold work. It doesn't just disappear in terms of his realm. It disappears too in our heart. Because it says that he cleanses our consciences. Yeah? And it's all about us serving him. You know, he doesn't want us to serve him full of guilt and bound with guilt. He wants us to serve him free and clean. It doesn't mean that we just continue in the sin, does it? Yeah? So there's this whole thing where, yeah, because of his goodness and his grace, we want to live righteous before him. But he sets us free that not only are we forgiven, but we are clean. So this morning, if you're sitting here and, you know, and there are those things that bite, you know, those memories that come up, and you go, gee, I wish I hadn't done that, Lord. Yeah? Yeah? Well, this scripture's for you. Yeah? He cleanses our consciences that we are free. So that's our, that's our general um, concept of the blood of Jesus, isn't it? Forgiveness of sin, cleansing of our conscience. But as we go through this, there's just a whole much more that scripture says that the blood of Jesus actually does. So... Um, let's take a look at the moment about this supernatural impact of this eternal gift that God has given us. The eternal effect of this, uh, the working of the blood of Jesus. Uh, Hebrews, 19, Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and uh, just reading that again. The blood of Jesus has opened for us a new and living way. 
Yeah. So we, we get the picture, don't we? And we've talked about this scripture before, but we're just going to quickly revisit it again because it flows on to the next point. And it's a blood-strewn way, isn't it? This way that Jesus is opened into the presence of God, it's, 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 it's a, it's a blood-strewn way. And uh, the scripture here talks about how it's this new and living way. And it lines up with the scripture uh, in Isaiah, which says on that great day that Jesus is open for us a fount of cleansing. He's open for the house of David a fount of cleansing. So it's, it's, it's this same picture of this fountain, this new and living way, this, this door that's open. Um, that word new there is only used once in the Bible. It's the only time that that word is used in Scripture. And it's, it's interpreted in uh, the NIV as new. And um, the, the literal meaning of the word is just slain. And, and I'm sorry, it's all, a bit, it's all a bit gory, the details today. I'm sorry, but, but the cross was a brutal event. You know, the Son of God shedding his blood for us, the beating, the whipping. You know, it, Scripture does say he was marred beyond, beyond human likeness. It, it, was a, it was a brutal thing that, that happened um, to our Saviour. And so, so here's the picture. Here's the picture in this, yeah? Um, so if you went to the butcher and the butcher said, mate, this is fresh, this is, this is just slain, yeah, yeah? That's, that's the picture here. That's the picture here. So it's, 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 it's ever-living, perennial. It's this ever-living thing. And uh, now, now I'm, not, I'm not a medical person. Now, Anna can probably help us here. Maybe others can, yeah? Now, my understanding is if you get some blood and you put it under the microscope, that it's actually alive. Is that, is that correct? That it's, sorry, Anna, I'm not putting words in your mouth here. That it's, that it's living in the sense that it's a living organism. Sorry, Anna, I'll, 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 I'll go. <laughs> My understanding is when you first put it under, there's activity and different stuff, you know, when you look at it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But over time, it kind of dies in the sense that it dries up and it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's the picture here. So, so when, when they used to come and pour the blood of bulls on the mercy seat, yeah, yeah, uh, that was fine when they first poured it out, but you come back two days later and it's just all dried and scungy and, yeah, you get the picture? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the picture here is that the blood of Jesus is ever-living. It's ever-living. It never loses its efficacy. It's just alive. It's this thing, it's this thing that's just alive. It's this supernatural. Yeah, and of course... it. it it was Jesus was an eternal being. He was the Son of God. He had no beginning or end. So when he shed his blood, there's this, there's this eternal, living, live thing that will never fade, never spoil, never perish. It's just there. And the thing that goes with that is that um, Scripture talks about um, blood being shed as having a voice. Are, are you familiar with that concept? So, so when, when uh, um, Cain kills Abel, you know the picture? Cain kills Abel, yeah? And, and God basically turns up and says, uh, his blood is shouting at me. You know? He, his blood, which is on the ground now, is the, and, and the, the language there is actually the voice of his blood. The voice of his blood is shouting at me. And when you put that together with Hebrews in the New, in the New Testament, uh, it actually says that the, that the blood of Jesus speaks louder than the blood of Abel. You, you're familiar with that scripture? Yeah? And so th this, this comes together with that thing of the, this is always living. It's always living. It's always there. And it's, it's, it's a picture of like a courtroom. It's a picture of like a courtroom. So, so, so when Cain is standing before God, <laughs> yeah, you get, you get the picture, you know. Uh, they're not just there for afternoon tea. 
Yeah? God's turned up saying, where's your brother? I know you've killed him. Yeah? So in essence, for Cain, this is like a courtroom. Yeah? This is a courtroom. And the, the blood of Abel is both the voice of the witness and the voice of the prosecutor. Does that make sense? So it's got that double voice. Yeah? And so really, really the blood is saying, um, the blood that was shed is saying, something really bad has happened here. Abel had been killed. Yeah? And as a prosecutor, it's demanding of God a righteous response, saying, Lord, you can't, just leave this, you can't just leave this sit. You have to do something about this. And we know that's why God was there. He was there to act. Yeah? And so, so, so when, the, blood of, when, the, when the, blood of, the voice of the blood of Jesus is greater than the voice of the blood of, of um, uh, Abel, yeah? It's, Jesus has a third component in that, yeah? Not only is it ever living, so it's ever speaking. So it's like it's continually speaking from the earth to God, yeah? It's, it's continually speaking as a witness, yeah, as a witness. Yes, this event took place. The cross happened. You know, redemption has come. We are redeemed. We are redeemed because of him, yeah? So you get that picture. So, so it's witnessing to what happened. It's witnessing continually. The voice is witnessing continually to the event of the cross. And, and it's, it, it's acting as a legal counsel. It's acting as a legal counsel. It's, it's, um, um, it's acting as a legal counsel. So, so for us, when we're standing before God, he's our advocate, you know? Is, isn't Jesus at the, 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 the right hand of God to advocate on our behalf when the enemy, when the, when the accuser comes against us, yeah? So, 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 so it's that voice, you know? Or for someone who doesn't know him, it's actually a condemn, con, con, condemnatory voice, yeah? The, the voice of the legal counsel. But for Jesus, for Jesus, the, the, the quality of voice actually has the next higher level, doesn't it? Because Jesus isn't only the witness of what happened. He isn't only our advocate, but he's the judge of the heavens and the earth. <laughs> so his voice has in it the power to, to um, condemn or to set free. And for us who come into a relationship with him, this is where the blood of Jesus is effective in saying, well, Father, this one knows me. You know, he is free. He is free. That's why we can say we are forgiven. It's why our consciences can be cleansed. Because we have an advocate there on behalf of the Father. So it's this eternal voice that never loses its power. Yeah. Some of these other things, and we won't take too long. Yeah. Uh, scripture says that it brings us eternal life. And this is this is the picture I have and you know this picture might not work for you and I can't really prove it from scripture but you know um, um, Ron can correct me later if I'm if I'm sharing a heresy here but you know scripture talks about the life being in the blood the life being in the blood yeah, yeah. and you know it, it, for me and and, and so, so this is an eternal life the eternal life the, the life that was taken of Jesus was an eternal life yeah, yeah. and so 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 it's it's like for me like when the like a vial, you know how a vial is broken, and and it comes and fills. You know, if you, if if we were to break a vial of perfume here, the perfume comes and fills, will come and fill the room. You know, we pour it out. Well, it's like, it's like the the, the vial of Jesus' life was broken, the blood was shed, and it's filled the earth. It's filled the earth with this life. It's this this eternal life. It's just it's just poured out across the face of the earth. So for us, what that means is it brings eternal life. Um, uh, It brings protection. You know, the, the very first time we see this whole concept really um, outlined for us in Scripture is in the Passover. 
Yeah? And the whole point of the Passover was there were plagues in the land. Hello? Does that sound like any time recently? <laughs> there were plagues in the land. And so what they do is the lamb was slayed, which we know is a picture of Jesus. They put the blood on the door and the, the lintels, the, the window sills, yeah? And what happened? The plagues passed over. The plagues passed over. So for us, um, we probably don't fully understand it, but somehow in this, there's the protection and the grace of God where the works of the enemy, the plagues of the enemy cannot touch us because of his grace, because of the blood, because of the blood of Jesus. Yeah? Um, Redemption. We all know this one. Yeah? We're purchased by his blood. It was a price we could never pay. Um, and it was the only price that could satisfy God's perfect, righteous requirements. Scripture says that the blood of Jesus brings us peace. Uh, I just didn't have time to get all the scriptures, and it would have got a bit tedious just going through every individual scripture. So you, you, can, you can hunt the scriptures yourselves later when you get home. But it very clearly says that the blood of Jesus brings us peace. So in a time when the enemy is trying to unsettle us, you know, as I'm ringing around people, there's an unsettledness often amongst people that I'm speaking to. Yeah? Well, the blood of Jesus brings us peace. The blood of Jesus saves us from God's wrath. But before you're a Christian, you kind of don't really have a concept of God's wrath. You know, you're just kind of living life. You're just kind of, you know, this will happen. You know, what, you know, you think about consequence of actions, but you don't think about the wrath of God. And, uh, and so as a Christian understanding that there will be a reckoning, you know, that there will be an accounting uh, to know that you're freed from the wrath of God. <laughs> you kind of go, Lord, if I can only have one, I'll have that one. Lord, Lord, if there's only one that we can have, I'll have that one. So pretty cool, pretty cool. We're saved from the wrath of God. Yeah. Um, it gives us confidence to come into his presence. We who are far away have been brought near by the blood of God. And um, when, when I used to work in the laboratory, we used to have guys that we'd send out concrete testing. And uh, what would happen is if they didn't put anything on their hands, they'd get industrial dermatitis because um, they had their hands in the concrete and it just wasn't pleasant, whatever, yeah? So what they would do is they'd put barrier cream on. So there'd always be a tube of barrier cream in with the testing gear and they'd leather up their hands. So it didn't actually look like there was anything there. But it was that um, chemical barrier. It was that um, oil barrier between their skin and the concrete and what would have caused harm. And that's what I think of when I think of this scripture about, you know, about we who are far away have been brought close. How we who have confidence to come into his presence because of the blood of Jesus, the scripture says. And, you know, it helps me get my mind around how um, a perfect and a holy God can interact with us can interact with me, yeah, yeah, and, and we're all the same, we all have those areas of our life that just aren't quite right yet, yeah, it's not just me, come on, yeah, it's, it's everyone, yeah, yeah, and so the blood of Jesus is like that barrier crane, it allows us to interact with the perfect and holy God and have it work, you know, without us getting burned up, without getting us, you know, <laughs> without us having to, you know, account for our own sin, okay, the blood of Jesus is a weapon, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You know, the blood of Jesus is far-reaching. It says he was poured out for many. So even for us here in Australia, 2,020 years later, 
or however many exact years it is, um, you know, it's still availed. It's just as effective. It's just as fruitful. It's lost none of its effectiveness. You know, when we come to him and we surrender our life to him, we are made clean. It's just that simple. Um, and I know you know all of this, but in the midst of the enemy trying to shut down the church, which really in a lot of ways is happening, you know, we had a phone call from some friends in Sydney the other day um, and a lady who rang us up and she was just distraught, you know, living in Sydney, uh, locked down at the moment, um, her big thing was that she hadn't been able to sing in church for like 12 months or more. And, uh, and she was blaming the government and I'm saying, well, I don't know if it's really the government. And, you know, I know we've all got opinions and all that sort of stuff, but, but, it's, but it's this season. And that's why I wanted just to go hard on today, that Jesus is wonderful, Amen. that all that he's done is still so effective, yes. that the blood of Jesus has lost none of its power, no. that we are redeemed, that we are made new, that our consciences can be claimed that we can have peace. You know, the enemy wants to unsettle our peace. Well, no, no, the scripture says that by the blood of Jesus, I can have peace. So I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. I'm going to walk in it. Yeah? Um, scripture tells us that the blood of Jesus balances, balances the books. Um, I, I was told one time I had a bit of an accountant's mind. <laughs> I'm not sure that it was a compliment at the time, but there you go. Um, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. So you kind of get that scripture, what the scripture is talking about? So in the Old Testament, they still had pretty much what we've got now, a little bit different, yeah, in the way the Holy Spirit probably interacted with people, etc. yeah. But David was still able to write, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, Yeah. Which in a lot of ways isn't all that different to what we've got right now, yeah? And you can just imagine the conversation in heaven, in heaven, can't you, you know? With the devil kind of, you know, sidling up to God saying, can you really do that? Can you really do that? Can, can you, you know, okay, yeah, he's been down the temple. Yes, they sacrificed some bulls and goats. But does that really count? Does that really count that he, that he can actually stand there and say, God has forgiven my sins and he's going to heal my diseases? Yeah, can you actually do that? Well, of course, you know, God was justified in doing that because um, when Jesus' sacrifice came, it was an eternal life. So it stretched all the way back to the first man and the first sin, and it stretches all the way forward to the last person who will ever live. And so the blood of Jesus balances the books. No one can say, this isn't right, this isn't fair, this isn't true, you know. Because God can say, yes, the sacrifice of Jesus counts once for all time, for all people. And we'll just finish with this one thought, and it's a sobering one. Um, uh, The blood of Jesus seals the fate of the unbelieving. Hebrews 10.29 says, How much more severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as an unclean thing the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the spirit of grace. And I know that's talking about people that have known Jesus and fallen away, but it gives us a picture of um, just how precious this is, the blood of Jesus that um, was shed. 
and, and that it's, it's not something that God takes lightly, you know? It's, it's not something that, you know, for those that have come into a knowledge of him and fallen back, you know? You know, uh, in God's eyes, he, 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 he says that's significant, saying, hang on, hang on, you have known, you have partaken. This thing was costly to me, you know? Do you really think that you can treat it as, a, as, a, as something to be mucked around with? The fact that his blood that was shed. And so I know that was a little bit heavy today. And if you're new here today, I apologize. We don't, we don't normally have messages like this, so I'm sorry. Um, uh, but, but for us as Christians, like the blood of Jesus is, is, uh, is good news. <laughs> it's, uh, I know that's a bit funny, but uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I know that's, it, it is good news because it means that, you know, we can come into a relationship with God and, uh, you know, it, it means, it, the, the scripture we read before, it talks about this, this pathway that Jesus has opened for us where we can come into a relationship with him, come into his presence. And so um, maybe we can just bow our heads just for a moment in prayer. And, uh, you know, maybe you're here today and maybe the message has just stirred something in your heart. And, and I, I know we've mostly got church family here today, but if you're here today and, and, and this has stirred something in your heart where you're, you're keen to either start a new relationship with Him or come back deep in a relationship with Him. And we'll talk more about this just in a moment. But if that's you and you say, well, what you've said today doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a funny topic to be talking about, but if I can have a relationship with God, then that's something that I truly want. And if it was paid for by Jesus' sacrifice, well, you know, I realise that it was paid at a high price, so it must be a great value. So if you're here today and you'd like to enter into a new relationship with Him, can you just give me a wave, which is like as a congregation, just to pray with you? And we're not going to drag this time out. We're not going to drag this time out. But um, we just want to give you that moment just to respond if that's something that you would like to do. And, and what I say to people is, you know, I know for me, when I became a Christian, I, I didn't just, the first time I heard the gospel, so yes, that's for me. There was a period of time where I considered it and I thought about it and I read about it and I came to that place where I was going, this seems too good to be true, but yes, I'm in. <laughs> and so it's, so it's a good thing to consider that decision. Yeah. No, that's okay. So we'll move on. So so if you want to just keep looking up, yeah, you can just keep looking up. So, so what I encourage you to do this week is... You know, today we've gone back to a very fundamental thing, hasn't it? We've gone back to an absolute, yeah? The blood of Jesus is powerful. The blood of Jesus brings us cleansing. The blood of Jesus is there for us in so many different ways, yeah? And so if you find yourself getting unsettled, you know, you watch the news and they're telling you that there's so many hundred here and so many hundred there and new cases and they're in the community, yeah? Yeah? Join us in the evenings just to wait on Him and say, oh Lord, I need some good news. I need some good news now. I'm just going to wait upon you. And do your own study like that. All, all I did was I just Googled all the scriptures on the blood of Jesus and up they come. So you can do that, yeah? And it doesn't have to be the blood of Jesus. It can be, you know, all the scriptures on the Son of God, all the scriptures on the Godhead, 
all the scriptures on sanctification, all the scriptures. You know, there's, there's, a, there's an endless list. And thanks to Google, it's all there. And so you can do your own study and just meditate on it afresh. All the scriptures come up. Yeah. So let's just pray. Let's just pray. Father, Father, I just feel that this is an in-between season. This is a time of waiting on you. This isn't a time of rushing around and doing this and doing that. This is a time where you are drawing us back to a first love with you, where you are wanting our lives to be entwined with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, Lord, you got things for us. And, Lord, we think of the early church, how they waited upon you and you poured out your Holy Spirit. We think of people, Father, the turn of the century, back early 1900s, Lord, where they had tarry meetings, where they just get together and they'd wait upon you. And you poured out a new move of spirit back then. And Father, it just feels like another season like that, where as people wait upon you, you are causing us to tarry, Lord, because you want us, you want to pour out a new season upon your church, upon us. But Father, there's a sense in which, Lord, you just want us with us and quiet with you now. So help us, Lord. Let us hear your voice. Let us hear your drawing as you draw us aside. We pray in Jesus' name.